Hallelujah. He's so amazing. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and 21 that his mercies are new every morning. Yes, they are. Good morning, Mechanics How are you doing today? This is Don Curtis. Yes, this is another day that the Lord has made for you and for me that we might rejoice in it and be exceedingly glad. Yes. Yes, good morning to our new listeners in Kansas City, Missouri. Good morning to you. Indianapolis, Indiana. Good morning to you as well. London, England. In fact, all of uh, the United Kingdom. Good morning to you. Yeah, we have some new listeners in India this morning. Good morning to you in Sweden as well. Yes, good morning to those in Waldorf, Maryland, Washington, D.C. Yes, Queenstown, Maryland, and Graysonville, Maryland as well. Lexington Park, Maryland, good morning to you. Yeah, to our listeners in California, good morning to you. WBRFM radio station in Wagon Barry, England, good morning to you. Steadfast and true is your love toward us. Yes, good morning, South Africa and Spain. Good morning to you. Yes, our listeners in Australia. Good morning to you as well. Canada. Yes, we salute you this morning. Top of the morning to those in Nigeria and France. Yes, Cambodia. Good morning to you as well. This is a wonderful day. This is a marvelous day for you and for me. Yes, he truly is amazing. Yes, he is. That's why we're up today. That's why we're sharing today, because he's amazing. Yes, don't forget to give God thanks and praise for your community, where you, your neighborhood, where you live at. Yes, for your county, for your state, for your nation. Just give God thanks and praise for your next door neighbor. Yeah, for the family right across the street from you, give God thanks and praise for your co-workers, for those that you travel back and forth with, those you carpool with. Give God thanks this morning. What a great day today is. Hallelujah. He's truly amazing. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Come on. Hallelujah. for us. Yes, good morning, Florida. Yes, those in Flagler Beach, Florida, and Orlando, Florida, good morning to you. Yeah, those that are right up top of that red, right there in the state of Georgia, good morning to you as well. Yes, South Carolina, North Carolina. Yes, just traveled on up the East Coast. And Virginia, yes, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, good morning to you. And I see your face. Oh, 
Yeah, up there in Rhode Island, good morning to you. And Vermont, good morning as well. Yeah, out on the West Coast, Redmond, Washington, good morning to you. Yeah, the great state of California, good morning to you as well. Arizona, good morning to you. Yes, Oregon, good morning to you. Yes, Texas, good morning to you as well. Louisiana, good morning to you. Yes, he is. And we just give God thanks for another great day that he has made available to you and to me. And I tell you, it is just amazing. It's just fascinating. Uh, the fact that God has done a tremendous, wonderful thing on your behalf and my behalf. And I tell you, one of the things that's just spectacular in my book anyway, which is just mind blowing, is the fact that he has made you and I to be his sons and daughters, his children. And I tell you what a tremendous revolution that is in your mind, in my mind, in our whole life when we realize and we walk in the truth that God is our father. Yeah, he's our dad, and he wants us to relate to him that way. And he wants us to see him that way because he truly relates to us as a father. He provides for us. He takes care of us. He provides everything that you and I stand in need of, and he has provided an inheritance for us as well. And he desires for you and I to be so familiar with what sonship and daughtership really is all about that he has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. He desires that for you and for me. He is not satisfied with you just referring to him as God you referring to him as Lord, you living like that and acting like that. He's not satisfied with that. He wants something much more deeper than that. He wants something much more intimate than that. He desires for you and I to share in life with him in such a way that we see him as our heavenly father and that we don't allow all the religious constructs and whatnot limited that thinking and that life at all, but rather that we come to him and such a way that we see him as our father. He has said to us, look, now you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. He's talking about your relationship with your children. Yes. And how you related to your parents when you were a child. He said, now if you did that, gave good gifts on birthdays and holidays and Christmas time and that sort of thing. And sometimes just because you want to do it, 
He says, how much more? Jesus is speaking now. How much more will your heavenly father give you good things and even the spirit of God? And here we are in Acts and uh, the Holy Ghost has been given. Another comforter has come. The Holy Spirit is in the earth in a way that he had never been before. He's not only with people, but now he's on the inside of people. And he has given them utterance to be able to do a miraculous thing. And that is to speak languages that they didn't know anything about. And the focus was not on the fact that they could do that. It was on the fact that guys heard, in fact, men and women, whoever was standing around, heard them speak and talk about the wonderful works of God in their native tongue. Mm -hmm. God wanted to get this out to everybody, no matter what the language may have been, no matter what the barriers could have been in the past. God is breaking all those things down because he desires for everybody to be acquainted with everybody to hear. That is so important. He wants everybody to hear because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He wants everybody to hear this great news, what he has done, the wonderful works of God. Isn't that an amazing way to describe the gospel? <clears throat> that is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not any conditional proposition whatsoever, but it is a declaration of the wonderful works of God. And if I don't know the wonderful works of God, I really can't preach the gospel. I can't deliver the gospel. I can't teach it. I can't expound upon it at all because I don't know it. But if I do know it, then I can tell somebody else what I do know. And guess what? It takes more than you just knowing it. God told Jesus, told his disciples, don't go nowhere, but stay right there in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. And, and you saw what happened. We are seeing what happened. It was by the spirit of God, the spirit giving utterance, the spirit now speaking uh, through these people and whatnot. And as a result of it, declaring the wonderful works of God, because if you really want to know the truth, only the spirit of God knows the wonderful works of God. <clears throat> only he is able to declare them with such power and such clarity in such a way that these guys now, they were pricked in their hearts and they said, what must we do? What must we do? What should we do now? Yeah, we didn't heard this. We thought we were doing the will of God and the work of God. When we got rid of Christ, when we crucified him. And now we are hearing that we were actually anti-Christ. We were actually working against God. That God, despite all of what we did, he did the very opposite and gave life, wrote, raised him up again. And so they were just more than dumbfounded. They were just, the Bible says, pricked in their hearts. Mm-hmm. They had never been pricked like that before. They had never had that experience before. They had never come up with truth like that before. Truth had not showed up to them like that before, but here they were. And I'm so grateful that they didn't just walk away. They didn't just run from it. But rather they said, what must we do? What must we do? And he said, look, <laughs> men and brethren, yes, what must we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent. I mean, have a radical change of view. Uh, see things that you hadn't seen before. Yes, repent. Have a radical change of thought, how you think. 
your paradigm, how you see, mm-hmm. and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a radical thing? The very person that they had crucified, Peter is saying now, you've got to be identified with him. You've got to be buried in him. You've got to be submerged into him. Mm-hmm. And you've got to do this for two things, the remission of your sins, Yes, and then that you might then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is for you. That is for me. That is for every single one of us that we come face to face with the truth about what God has done for us, the wonderful works of God. And then we just change our whole mind. In fact, we can't change anything at all. But God does this wonderful work in you and in me. Jesus describes it as being born again. But what happened? A revolutionary thing happens to you and to me. God takes off the scales off our eyes. And now we're able to see truth. And our whole thinking process has radically changed. Our view towards God changes. Mm -hmm. He's no longer Lord. He's no longer Jehovah. Uh, He's no longer Elohim. He's all that by by reference at some point, but now because of this radical change, he now is dad. He now is father because the spirit of God does a, an illuminating a revelation. He does a work in your heart and my heart. He does a work in our minds. Now that just opens up a whole new relationship. Now we see God in a way we've never seen him before. And the same is true about Christ. We see him in ways we had not seen him before. We see ourselves differently in everybody around us. We see the enemy for who he is. We are no longer deceived. We're no longer lied to. We're no longer fooled. But now we know his tricks. We see him. There's a radical change that happens. And guess what? We now joyfully and delightfully identify ourselves with Christ. Mm -hmm. We are submerged into him. We are buried in him. We are lost in him. He now becomes our all in all. Our life is hidden now in Christ, in God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, all this happens. All this happens. And then guess what? The gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Spirit of God is now received unto us so that now there's a mighty work that's done deep down in our person, in our hearts, in our spirits. And so that now we begin to see God as Father. We are now baptized into the Holy Ghost, we are baptized into the body of Christ. We are now made members one of another. A whole new identification has now taken place. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, Peter goes on and says, Now I want you to know, for the promise is unto you and unto your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Listen to this. God is the one that calls you and me out of darkness into his marvelous light. God is the one who does all this. And Peter says, look, this promise is unto you and to your children. Fathers, listen to this. Yeah, when you see this, when you understand this, you understand that, wait a minute, this call of God, this promise that God has committed himself to, it doesn't stop at your door, but it includes your whole family, your whole children, all of your children. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, what a great privilege this is. What a great opportunity this is that you bring your whole family with you, everybody. Yes, you call them by name. You said, Lord, here is Sue, here is John, 
And here is David, and you do it with an expectation of knowing that God is committed to fulfill his promise, his word in you and in your whole household. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. He, he declares this. This is part of this wonderful works of God. This is part of this great news that it includes your children as well. For the promises unto you and unto your children, listen, and to all that are afar off. Yeah, far off. They're not close at all. They're not a part of the commonwealth of Israel. He, he's declaring beyond what he even knows himself. Peter himself didn't quite understand the ramification of what he was saying, because later on in the book of Acts, we'll find out that he was still living a Jewish kind of life in the sense that he was not identifying himself with Gentiles. In fact, refused to go into the homes of Gentiles. Yes, he had a very limited view of this salvation, even though he was proclaiming it with his mouth. Even though this was again, it wasn't him, but this is the spirit of God. He is the one who's given utterance. And now Peter's got to learn from his own utterance. He's got to learn from what the Spirit is saying through him, that this goes to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Remember, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. And that hasn't changed at all. And here it is being declared again by the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Peter, uh, saying that, wait a minute, it's to as many as the Lord our God shall call. And guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the one who calls. He is the one who does this saving. He is the one who does this change. He is the one who brings about this revolutionary change from the inside out. It's the Lord God as well. He's the one who's doing it. And with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Yeah, we lived in a messed up generation today. In fact, every generation has been messed up from day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Cain killed Abel. Yes. Yeah, right there in their own house. Yeah, brother against brother. One brother killed another bro brother. Has it changed? It's still messed up. So any generation, every generation has been messed up. And from that time up until right now, in 2018, it's a messed up generation, a messed up world. And so it says, save yourself from this untoward generation, from this messed up generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you listen to what God is calling you. God is calling you out of darkness, calling me out of darkness. I'm so grateful and thankful that God called me. <laughs> And I'm so grateful and thankful that he gave me the ability to be able to respond, that he had been working in my life before I knew anything had happened at all. He was at work. He knew me before I was born. He knew me when I was being formed in fashion in my mother's womb. I didn't know it, but he did. When I was one year old, he knew what was going on. I didn't. When I was a teenager, I thought I knew what was happening, but I didn't. Yeah, when I was a young adult, you couldn't tell me much about anything because I knew everything. But I didn't know what God was doing. I didn't have no idea at all. And even right now, in 2018, I'm still discovering stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I just give God thanks and praise for his patience, his long-suffering, 
and his love towards me and towards you, towards every single one of us. It is the, it is the long-suffering of God that brings about salvation to many, many other folk and whatnot. He's waiting on us. In fact, let me just clarify that up. He's not waiting on us. He just got time because his purpose, his will is going to be done. If he needs an extra thousand years, what's that to him? It's like just one day. As far as he's concerned, he's not in a rush. He doesn't have a microwave mentality. It doesn't have to happen today, right now. But I tell you what, when your time comes, when my time comes, when the fullness of time comes, he does what's always been in his will and purpose to do. Mm-hmm. So in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ himself. Yes. And when Jesus' time had come, he said, look, my hour has arrived. Yes. God is the one who's in control of this. It might look like other people are. And that's why people get so riled up with other folk and whatnot. They don't realize that God is the one behind the scenes. He orchestrates all this. He's in control. He's in charge. The devil who is the God of this world can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And every king and kingdom that is standing today, God is the one that raises up. And he takes it down whenever he wants and whenever he feels like. Mm-hmm. And he used all kinds of means and methods to do that, to make that happen. And he desires for every single one of us to get to know and to understand that it is God himself who rules and reigns in the affairs of everybody. And whether they know it or not, whether they realize it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, that don't make any difference at all. None whatsoever. And I tell you, I'm just so excited about these wonderful works of God that God loves his love is towards you and towards me. Yeah. And I tell you, this is a tremendous thing that has happened. This book of Acts as we are just seeing how the beginning of the church age started. Mm -hmm. It was a work of God. Jesus knew this is what was going to happen. That's why he told his disciples, don't go nowhere. Don't tell nobody nothing, but rather stay right here in Jerusalem until you receive the promise from on high, the power from on high, the comforter. It's expedient. It's necessary for you that I go away, because if I don't, you're not going to receive this comforter. You're going to be spending the rest of your life walking with me, walking with the spirit of God. You'll never experience what it's like to have him living on the inside of you. You'll never know what it's like to be one as I, my father, are one. Isn't that an amazing truth about you and about me that God desires not a closer walk with us, but God declared that God desires a revolutionary relationship where he is in us and you and me are in him. Yeah, that removes walking and now produces living where you and I find our lives in Christ, in God, living in him and find him in us, living in us. Remember, this was the thing that Jesus said to his disciples. He said, look, right now, even though I'm telling you this over and over again, even though I'm telling you, if you see me, you see my father, you have no capacity whatsoever to embrace this, to understand it and much less live it. And so it's necessary and when I go away, guess what? There'll come a day when you'll realize that I am in my father, just like I've always said, and my father's in me, just like I always declared. But then you'll find something revolutionary concerning yourself.
that this relationship now is enlarged to include you so that now you find yourself in me and I'm in you. That's what this repentance is all about. That's what this radical thinking is all about. That's what this baptism in Christ is all about. When you and I now become one with him and he becomes one with us. When we now identify ourselves as being in Christ and Christ in us, where there's no more separation whatsoever. None is totally done away with because of the truth, because of the wonderful works of God, because of this promise of the spirit of, the, of God, because of the promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost, because of <laughs> because of this working of God on the inside of you and on the inside of me. And guess what? We now <laughs> find that we are now new creatures in Christ. That just like the word declares, just like God says, is absolutely true. That old things have passed away and behold, now all things have become new. And listen to this. And all things are of God. This whole new creation is now of God. Yeah, an offspring. Mm-hmm. You and I become offsprings of God himself. Mm-hmm, yes. Listen to this, listen to this. And when they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They gladly received this. When they heard the wonderful works of God, and when they got pressed to the point where their hearts were pricked and they said, what must we do? And when they heard that they had to repent and be baptized, something happened to them on the inside. And look at this. At one time, they resisted Christ. At one time, they were the ones who crucified Christ. And now they are gladly receiving his word. Mm hmm. They're gladly receiving what Peter is declaring about Jesus Christ, about what God has done, about the work of the Holy Ghost, the promise of God. They gladly receive this. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember there was one time when I really didn't want to be in church, didn't want to go to church. In fact, stopped going to church. I wasn't glad to receiving anything. But then there came a time in my life when all that changed. And now, even up to right now, I gladly receive the word of God, what God has done for me and for you on through Jesus Christ. One word has been getting, that I've been just excited about, that I found that many people just resisted. They still resisted. But I tell you what, I gladly receive it. And that is your perfection and my perfection that God, through Jesus Christ, has perfected forever those that are sanctified by Christ that Jesus Christ has done something for you and for me that only he could do. And while others might resist it, while others might fight against it, others might talk down about it, I don't. I gladly receive the fact that I have been made perfect in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what he has declared has happened for you and for me. And there are many other things. Yes, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Complete in Christ, the fact that he works all things together for my good, for your good, for the good of anyone who receives him, who believes what he has said. I gladly receive that. Yeah, I don't resist it any longer. I gladly receive that. Listen, when they had gladly received this, 
They were baptized. Yes, they went on and they said, yeah, we're going to immerse ourselves in Christ. We're going to identify ourselves with him. There was this public display. This was this water baptism that took place, but it was beyond just water itself. It was them saying, we identify ourselves with Christ. We had resisted him for quite some time. We didn't receive him at all. In fact, we, our evil hands were the ones that were used to crucify him. We turned him over to the Roman Empire. We lied about him. We called him a blasphemer. We did everything except what was true about him. Mm -hmm. But now, guess what? We are identifying ourselves with him. He's now our Lord and Lord. He's our King of Kings. We resisted Pilate putting that sign over top of that cross, the King of the Jews. But guess what? We receive it now. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And they were added. They were added. They were added. They were added to who? They were added unto them. Unto the disciples. Yeah, unto that called out few. Before there was any name at all, before there was any denomination at all, before there was divisions and little departments. <laughs> yeah. Before men got their hands involved in it. Yeah, before they started to divide up and that kind of stuff, before all that stuff took place. Look at what's happening. They were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And guess what they did? I love this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Listen, listen. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Yeah, they continued on. your soul and spirit. Yes, they did. Yeah, I can see clearly now. Yeah, hope and serenity. We just give God thanks and praise for their ministry as well. Yeah, it's going to be a bright and a sunny day today. Yeah, sunshiny day. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have received this promise. I hope you have this promise. I hope you receive the promise of God and for you to know that it's not only for you, but it's for your children. Yeah, and I would press it and say, hey, how about my grandkids? In my way. Yeah, good morning to you.